You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Thank you for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from Times Square in the heart of New York City. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. If you're keeping score at home, this is episode 51, the New Year's Eve edition. Oh, snap. Yeah, technically it's not New Year's Eve. Technically it's December 30th, but by the time we get this out, uh, it'll be December 31st. Yeah. Damn. Sneaking it in at the uh, at the twelfth hour, the eleventh hour, the witching hour of two thousand fourteen. We posted up a um, a year in review, uh, year end edition in two thousand thirteen. We got one in just under the uh, under the wire, so I thought it was fitting that we shoot to get one more in uh, before we close the books officially. On the 2014 calendar year, and move into the uh, the new fiscal year for the two sorry excuses megapoly. Yep, yep. Uh, Merry Christmas, buddy. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, more importantly, Happy birthday to uh, Mama Livicari. Yeah, yeah. Her birthday was the 24th. How did everything work out? Uh good times. We actually uh, went to lunch on the 23rd, all of us. Oh, good move. Yeah, so. Good move. Lunch lunch uh, birthdays are always fun. Yeah, so that was a good time. Fortunately, I still had to go back to the office, whereas everyone else had nothing else to do. Oh, then that sucks. Yeah, you know, but it, it was still a good time. It, I could have been more dismissive of work if stuff that happened this week would have, or stuff that happened Friday afternoon would have happened Earlier in the week, such as the delay, the delaying of this trial, <laughs> but I had no clue it was going to happen on Tuesday, so I had to go to office because stuff was supposed to be due by Friday, you know. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so the day after Christmas. Yeah. Well, you, you know, uh, he was opening the office anyway. Uh, because he's a tight ass. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, law churns on, man. Yeah. We know this. It we really this. kills him. I, I was like, I'd rather have to work Christmas Eve and have the off the day after Christmas, when, especially when Christmas is a Thursday. Absolutely. You know? And if that stuff had been delayed on, like, Monday or Tuesday, I wouldn't have come in on Friday, probably. You know? Right. But whatever. Say la vie. I don't know if I would have been able to just gone back to work uh, yesterday had I had four solid days off. <laughs> or five days off, as it would have been if, mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have gone in on Friday. So, so, so what would you end up doing for Christmas? Uh, well, actually, with no advice from me at all, oddly enough, we kind of changed it up this year, and we went to my sister's house and did brunch. I ah. say no advice for me because I know that's kind of a Sanders tradition. 
It it is it is, and and you kind of uh, you kind of got on board uh, as we were chatting it out um, last week. So they just kind of up and 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 change the game plan on you without uh, yeah. without your input. Well, you know, my mom's a nurse and she still works. Okay. And the way the schedule works is you get screwed every other year. You're gonna <laughs> get screwed for the holidays, oh, right? You know, because I guess they feel like they gotta fuck over. They can't fuck over everybody every year. Right. You know, so people get fucked intermittently. Yep, yep. So she was a little peeved because she had said long time ago, oh, well, I shouldn't have to work. And then they put her on a schedule anyway, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'm not going to fight it, you know? Right. But uh, so she's like, well, I don't really want to be doing all the Christmas stuff at the house this year because... She works overnight, so she could be there during the day, but then she'd have to be leaving at 5.30 or some BS, you know? 6 <laughs> <Right>. o'clock. <laughs> Feed your lazy asses and then uh, and then hop in the car and do a 12-hour, 8-hour shift yeah. at the hospital. And she would do that because she's crazy. Right. But we're like, Mom, you don't need to do that. And, you know, my sister, she's got, you know, her and the husband and the kid, you know, they got a house yeah. and everything. So she's... She, Stepped up and I was like, all right, we'll do something at my house. We'll do like a brunch. So they asked me to bring the waffle iron over. Nice. You know, the brother-in-law made omelets. I made waffles. You know, my sister Mari brought over stuff, you know, champagne and orange juice for mimosas. Yep. Yep. There's always one in the crowd. Yeah. So it was a good time. You know, it was nice to have it over early. Right. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, that um, Christmas is an early affair over here, and it's one as I've kind of uh, have gotten to experience other families. Like growing up, like your Christmas is the only Christmas you know. Yep. But you know whether you get a girlfriend or whether you get married or whether you are out of town for the holidays and you start to experience other Christmases, whether they're you know in the states or in Curacao or or, or in Europe or whatever, like you, you start to not only uh, you know take in the other traditions, but you appreciate the tradition that you grew up with, and um, a lot of folks really kind of took to what has become the DeSantis Christmas tradition. And it's a huge, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an early morning multi-tiered affair. Multi-tiered. And like you get a stocking yeah. and the stocking has a certain kind of wrapping paper. So that's oh, you your... Wrapping paper, the stocking's wrapped? The stockings are wrapped. Oh, which, that's interesting. Which I've come to find out is not a common um, trait amongst um, you know other families and 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 other um, and other folks who celebrate Christmas in this manner. But you get the stocking, and the stocking is usually full of toiletries and accoutrements, and you know razor. Every year you get like back in the day, you used to get like a thirty pack of razors. Yeah, now they're so ex- they're so expensive. Like yeah. you get a you get a six pack or whatever, but you also get your shaving cream. You get maybe a new toothbrush, just a couple other little things. Like I got this uh, this like credit card size multi tool. It's a bottle opener. It's a screwdriver. Is it the it's Wallet a, Ninja? It's um, 
the something monkey. All right, because my sister gave me this thing called the Wallet Ninja, which is the same sort of thing. It's like the size of a credit card. It goes in your wallet, and it's got a bottle opener, screwdriver. It's like friggin' 18 different tools in one or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking it up now because I'm pretty sure it's uh, whatever mine is. It's got to be the same. Um, yep. Yeah, basically, basically the same tool. It's a sixteen-in-one pocket tool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because my sister gave me one of those because she likes to give the little dick-neck gifts, you know. Right. So that kind of stuff is in there, but you get your own wrapping paper. The wrapping paper is is specific to the user. Damn. Um. So here in the morning, it's my sister and her husband. So they each have a stocking, and they open up theirs and they have their wrapping paper and uh, I open up mine and then the kids show up probably like 8 9 o'clock and then they have their stockings they get stockings here so their stockings here they unwrap the stockings and then my brother and their wives unwrap the stock their stockings so now across the living room are piles of presents arranged via Wrapping paper, color-coordinated color via wrapping paper. Yeah. So those are my presents, the ones that correspond to the wrapping paper for my stocking. Okay, damn, that's that's very... Com- I mean, it's very ingenious, but it's very complex. Your mom's com- dedicated. <laughs> it's very complex. Yeah. So then um, the way it works is every... Y- you go, you go in, in a circle. And every member of the family takes turns opening their present in front of everybody else. So it's not that, um, you know, that that typical scene from uh, Christmas Story where the kids are kind of rifling through the presents. And like, you know, at the end, it's just a wasteland of of cardboard boxes and and ripped paper. No, this is very methodical. And you stop and you watch the person whose turn it is. And. And every year we determine a different method. Sometimes it's the oldest, sometimes it's the youngest, whatever. There's no really no rhyme, no reason. Um, now, it's changed up a little bit because the kids have gotten older. But when the kids were younger, they had to sit and wait in the rotation. <laughs> but now that they understand Christmas, so it's a little unreasonable, even for me, a stickler for the Christmas rules. Um it's it, they get to have like the the first round. I like that you're a stickler for the Christmas rules. <laughs> but the it's Christmas funny, I, Nazi. <laughs> I've instilled the rules into the younger ones because, I, like, times have changed and 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 like you know I think families have advanced to some extent, but to some extent, like, where are we without the rules? <laughs> You know what a, I mean? It's an anarchy. <laughs> it's it's anarchy. So I've I have taken it upon myself, and it's and it's a lot easier for me because I have no kids. But I've taken it upon myself to kind of be the taskmaster when it comes to family tradition, quote unquote. That so we don't have a lot Mark of family. Klaus of family tradition. I, I am the Mark Klaus of family <laughs> tradition. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, the little kids do theirs, and then they were getting kind of tired, so we stopped, and we had the big brunch breakfast, which has mimosas, which has, um, you know, French toast. Um, I think that would meet your 
your approval. Uh, there's a sausage casserole. There's bacon. There's bagels. There's just basically anything you can eat. And then we go back to opening the Christmas presents. So then we go around and open up the Santa gifts. These are the gifts with the, uh, you know, with the color coordinator wrapping. Yeah. Then we take another break, and then is the uh, kind of the uh, the piece de resistance of the of the DeSantis Christmas celebration. It's the exchange of the family gifts. Okay. So then the giver hands out his gifts to the entire family, and one by one, they open them at his direction. And there's really no rhyme, no reason to that, but it gravitates to the best gift or the best giver of the of the particular year goes last. Best now, giver? no yeah, so like whoever's going to be presenting what will amount to the best gift of the year <laughs> gets to go last. It's almost like crowning the king of carnival. Yeah. And like you don't know who it is and it's unspoken, but it's just like a natural order of progression. You kind of sit and you know where your where your Christmas gift ranks on the hierarchy of Christmas pasts. And you kind of look to see, is Josh getting up to give his out? Or is he so confident that his is good that he's just sitting there because he wants to be last? And then you just, it's its a game of chicken. Yeah. You know, and then you decide, oh, I can't compete with that. He's way confident. I'm going to give mine out. Well, this year, hands down, I was the king of Christmas. Oh, really? With your handmade yeah. gifts? With my handmade gifts, because I was so confident in them. I was so excited, and I just... It's like a big game of liar's poker. It really is. It's not... It really is. It's not like this guy has the best gifts, necessarily. It's just... (laughs) He believes himself to have... He he is presenting himself as this year's best gift giver. (laughs) Now, that's where... That's where it all unfolds, because if you are not the best gift giver and you've held yourself out to be the final gift exchange of the family Christmas, it's an embarrassment. Yeah. You have to hold that title for the rest of the year. Um, but luckily, I think this year I, I, uh, I lived up to the expectation. And what I ended up giving everybody were, uh, were homemade gifts themed for the guys in my family or the girls in my family. And the girls got uh, little Christmas baskets that I bought at uh, Michael's. Okay. Uh, this is why I spent so much time in the, uh, in the craft store. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I wanted to kind of make them nice. So I found little... And plus, these craft stores, man, everything is dirt cheap. Yeah, I know. I got, like, Christmas baskets for, like, two bucks. But I was able to find one that matched the style of each of the girls in my family. All right, cool. So, like, the kids got regular gifts. Kids, the girl, the little girls got um, uh, Disney sleeping bags. My little nephew, uh, my little nephew got um, state. I gave him a state quarter set. Oh, cool. And the littlest um, niece got uh, minion. Like, uh, she liked the the minion movie. What's that called? Despicable, Despicable Me. Me. Yes. Yeah. 
So I got her a little little hat and and socks, and she loved it. It was great. But for the my sister and my sister in laws, I got them little baskets, and I filled the basket with homemade uh, peppermint bark. You know the uh, chocolate and white chocolate with peppermint candy canes crushed in them. Yep. You ever have that? Okay. Yeah, I know of it. Um. Oh, what the hell? There were three things in the box. Um, Bailey's homemade Bailey's Irish cream. Who is this for? Uh, my sisters. Okay. My sister and my sister-in-laws. Homemade Bailey's Irish cream in in um, you know those like old soda bottles with the, like the the clip porcelain yeah, yeah. top. So 32 ounces of Bailey's Irish cream and um, homemade candles. I bought uh, mason jars and uh, melted wax and, and made uh, little homemade candles well, Every girl likes that stuff. They loved it. Plus, my sister-in-law and my sister all love Bailey's Irish cream. That's what uh, the, the, as, as intricate of a tradition as Christmas is. Thanksgiving's a shit show because it involves lots of Bailey's cream. Bailey's, lots of Bailey's cream. So I knew that they would like it, and um, I taste tested it before I sent it out, and uh, came back positive reviews. People liked it, so it was good, good stuff. Now the guys, um, this is where my new business venture comes in, because it was a total hit. Um, I made beef jerky. That I put in, I wrapped it in, in, in like, you know, uh, like wrap that you would put food in. Yeah. Um, cello, cello bags. But I put them in burlap sacks. Okay. And stenciled beef across the front. Beef. Nice. Then I made, um, I made jalapeno hot sauce. Homemade hot sauce. Okay. And I made a bar of soap, like homemade soap. It was um, campfire smell was the smell that I was going for. Was it a kit or something? No, I mean, I went online. I figured it out. I bought some lye from the the, um, hardware store. You mix it with a bunch of different oils, olive oil, uh, canola oil, coconut oil, depending on what you want. Like if you want to... Like a real rich lather, you put this much of soap in, um, this much oil in compared to this much olive oil, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I found, a, I found a recipe. And then um, I bought the scents off of like Amazon or something. So I got the campfire liquid oil scent. And you just mix it in with the lye. And it's a super simple process. Yeah. And I, uh, so the beef jerky, the hot sauce soap and i bought everybody a hatchet like an old school wooden handled red-headed hatchet all right cool where'd you go for those uh amazon bought them for eight bucks oh all right and uh i found uh a bucket like um i don't know what would it be what's a slop bucket like three gallons five gallons yeah well like a metal pail yeah, yeah, a plastic one, but essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Um, one you would take camping for whatever, you know. Um, Various. Exactly. Camping chores. Exactly, and I threw all that stuff in there and called it the man bucket. Nice. And they uh, they loved it. The man it was a bucket. Hit. How'd you make the uh, jerky? 
Um, okay, I got. I have this guy. Uh, you got a jerky that, guy. I got a. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so you, funny because I have to be the Kramer of your family. <laughs> you know, a jerky guy. <laughs> I think that's so funny that you pointed that out because I think it's funny when people claim to have a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little inside joke in my family. Like, if you say, uh, you know. Oh, I'm going to be doing a project. Somebody inevitably will say, hey, I got a carpet guy. You got a carpet guy? I got a carpet guy. (laughs) Um, There's a guy on YouTube that I go to if I'm looking for barbecuing or smoking tips. Yeah. And so I found his uh, jerky video, and it was the shortest of all his videos because he says, here, buy this jerky seasoning kit on Amazon. And it's a jerky cure and a seasoning. And it's two bags. One bag of cure and one bag of basically salt and pepper. And then you mix it according to the chart. And then you cure your beef. So I cured uh, a flank steak maybe. Or a, or a chuck round. Something like that. Some cheap piece of meat. Uh, cured it for 20... Excuse me. Cured it for 24 hours. And then um, and then smoked it on How'd low you heat. cure it? That's what I'm curious. Like, yeah. I, it, it just... I put it in the fridge. It comes with a cure. Um, oh, it just you know, goes cure. in the fridge, and that's how. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, you 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 spread the curing salt and and the seasoning, put it in a you know a plastic um, Tupperware, let it sit for twenty four hours uh, in the fridge, and it was good to go. All right, good deal. And I wasn't sure because um, I had bought the meat a few days before, and like whatever it was still within the expiration date but and I, you know I'm like, meat's funny you know yeah so i yeah. i kept uh, force feeding it to my dad to make sure that he wouldn't have any negative reactions <laughs> so over the course of like over two days um you know he probably ate about a pound of jerky just to make sure <laughs> that uh he would survive and he sure did man that's good <laughs> um and the jerky got rave reviews dude damn they loved it. So I am starting a um, a groomsman supply kit okay. business where I'm gonna put together these various um, these various uh, boxes, men man boxes. And one's gonna be outdoorsy and that's gonna have an axe. One's gonna be cosmopolitan and then I'll have a flask. One will be, you know, whatever, NASCAR, and that'll have a koozie. Whatever it is, they'll be themed. Because, um, one, the jerky went over so well that 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 is kind of the signature item across all of these various um, doodads. And more importantly, like, you put this shit on Etsy, apparently, and chicks go crazy. (laughs) I love I love your fascination with Etsy. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you're you're heading towards a presentation on Shark Tank. <laughs> uh, but I'm angling they after just get wet when they see that shit on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh... 
um, but I'm angling. I'm angling for the female, even though it is a is it's it's a primary a predominantly male product. Um, it's my target market. Uh, I'm writing down the bitches get wet because <laughs> I think that's a great title for this episode. Um, so I think um the chicks will dig it. Because that whole wedding industry is is like through the roof. And like groomsmen gifts and bridesmaid gifts, everybody tries to outdo each other. Yeah. So I think these homemade or what appears to be homemade, because eventually I'm going to outsource the whole jerky, the whole jerky situation anyway. Hmm. And it'll it'll just be it'll be mass produced at that point, but you know, I will have uh, I will have made my money by then. Well, for uh, the time being, it's going to be handmade in the workshop of Forty Eight East Pleasant Grove Road, yeah, Jackson, New Jersey. Yeah, you got big dreams. You're gonna be out. You already got plans to be outsourcing the jerky. That's right. Right. I don't start small. <laughs> I've already got a warehouse in South Korea. And now here's one thing I've definitely noticed so far tonight in our conversation. What's that? You are over the palsy. Oh well, thank you for the uh, thank you for the compliment. I'm not. Um, I'm getting there. All right. Well, the the speech sounds uh, normal now. Oh, that's good. That's good. Although. Um, uh, I've seen increments of that um, over the last couple days. I've seen my, um, y- you know, like my my face is a little more reactive. But the speech is the one thing that still bothers me internally, um, just because I can hear myself differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's good when that 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 you can notice a difference. That because that's definitely my marker that things are either improving or not improving. Yeah, well, it sounds like you turned the corner. Yeah, I I definitely turned the corner, which is good news. I've been going for acupuncture. Did I talk about acupuncture? No. Yeah. um, So right when I had gotten the Bell's Palsy, um, I went, I did a few self-help things. Of course, I went to the doctor. I did the prednisone, you know, and all of, like, the traditional Western medicine. Um, Foolish Western medicine. Silly, silly Westerners. Yeah. I upped my B12 intake because um, apparently that is one of the causes of B12 deficiency. Um, And I went to acupuncture and massage therapy. Now, I hate massages. Like, I I can't be touched, you know? Like, it it doesn't relax me. You know what? I went to a massage once a couple years ago because I was having really bad... I was having some real bad issues, so my sister gave me this massage, and I was really leery about it. And it is the only massage I ever went to because I don't like that whole being touched thing. Yeah. Now it's, I it's knew weird to me. I knew that that was was an issue of mine, and that I didn't enjoy the massage, and uh, and therefore I didn't derive any benefit from it. Like you're supposed to relax. Yeah, you're supposed I, to- yes, and it's hard to relax when people are touching you. Exactly, and all I'm thinking about is when is this going to be over? Yep. But because I knew it had some medical benefit um, or perceived medical benefit, or at the very least, it wasn't going to hurt, 
the recovery from Bell's palsy. Yeah. Um, like, there's no literature out there that says, oh, if you get a massage, then you'll permanently have Bell's palsy. So I was like, listen, it's a nerve thing. It's a virus. If I if I keep healthy blood flow, it'll it'll help things move in the right direction. So I forced myself to get over that hump, to get over that phobia. And, like, it helps it that what I go for is really super targeted. Like, it's, it's like my neck, my, my shoulders, and my face for the most part. Like, she's working the muscles around the nerve. And it, it's more of like a, a therapy. It's more like a physical therapy than a massage. So, um, so I've gone to that. And in the same, um, in the same it's, a, it's a sports medicine joint. And they have a bunch of different stuff. And they have a traditional yeah. physical therapist, but they have massage therapy. And they have acupuncture, um, which I didn't think was going to freak me out. And, and it didn't. But I could see why it freaks some people out. It's straight up needles in your face. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you feel them. Like, you feel them go in and you feel All them right. while they're in there. You know? Um, but that's kind of the point and that's kind of the purpose is that it's like stimulating, you know, antibodies, or it's stimulating blood flow and nerve growth. You know, it's like a, it's like a, uh, you know, like a foreign body or a foreign object. Your yeah. body kind of attacks it and tries to regenerate that area or whatever. Um, so it's pretty cool and and like whatever. It, it's you know it, it's this Bell's palsy thing is supposed to be working itself out anyway. So I don't know like what's contributing to it, what's not. Like I'm basically on the regular timeline anyway. It's yeah. not like oh I did I did you know massage therapy and acupuncture and it and I was done in two weeks. But like one, I don't mind going, and two, like I think it does help. Like at least it helps mentally. You know, it kind of at least focuses on staying stress free which age recovery or whatever. So um, I've been going to, uh, to acupuncture and, and massage therapy. And I think that's kind of, at least I'm, 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 I'm willing to give it a little credit. And um, you know, they, they, they're like, Hey, listen, uh, you know, you look much better than the first couple of weeks. You know, you were here. Like, you look pretty pathetic. <laughs> like, Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what uh, that's what I've been up to. Wow, that's what I, that's what I've been up to on the uh, on the health front. Although I did get some other tests back, um, I was real worried because this this kind of started that spiral, you know, downward spiral of wait a minute. Well, while you're here, we want to well check this out. Let's take this blood. Wait, wait, you go to the bathroom four times a night. Well, that's probably diabetes. Oh, wait a minute, that's that's thyroid. Blah blah blah. So I've been having like lots of blood work done and lots of other shit done, like old man yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know it sucks. And uh, some Why of it came. The doctor. Yeah. <laughs> some of it came back a little sketchy. Um, so much so that they wanted to run more tests and you know, um, don't eat after midnight so we can get a clean blood sample and do all this. Blah blah blah. <laughs> like what? Are... Twenty after midnight. Like I'm a gremlin. <laughs> Don't get him wet. <laughs> Don't let him see light. <laughs> never, never feed him after midnight. Never, never. 
<laughs> uh, which is very fitting because this is all happening over the Christmas yes. uh, Christmas break. That's the great Gremlins Christmas movie. <laughs> so some of those came back and, and got better results uh, than the you know than the interim test. So things are looking up in 2015 for your old pal Sanders. Well, that's good to hear, man. Um, speaking of 2015, man, New Year's Eve. You got any plans? Uh, right now I have none, you know. What um what'd you end up doing last year? Uh jeez, I was probably sitting at home last year. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really done anything on New Year's in a few years. The older I get and the more single I stay, the the friggin' worse New Year's is, you know? Yeah. New Year's yeah. is like I don't know, man. It seems like a uh couple's holiday at this point in my life you know yeah no i think you're right i think that's true any any party that i've been at in the last you know seven or eight years has always been a group of couples kind of gathering around yeah doing their thing and i couldn't even think of any single people yeah the last time i was out on New Year's, like when I was big on New Year's is probably like four years ago now or something i don't even know would you would you do Went to like this party at a bar. Okay. That like some friend, a friend of a friend had reserved this big area, like outdoor area at this bar, you know? And I don't know. I mean, was it any fun? Yeah. I mean, it was fun because I knew people there, you know? Yeah. And it was cool because it was like only, it wasn't just completely random, you know? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like when you go out for New Year's just like as a free agent, it really sucks. Yeah. You don't have any plans. Or even if you you have one of those plans, you know, even if you pay like $75 to go to all you you can drink things, those things are terrible. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, I don't know. Um, I have no plans right now. Uh, Good old Pete Thamel is in town right now. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah, Super Bowl. And I hung out with him late Saturday night, uh, and he was asking me if I had any plans on New Year's Eve. I was like, no, man. I was like, you don't have, like, a journalist party or anything? He's like, he's like, no. He's like, if I did, I wouldn't want to go to that because those things are terrible. So I might hang out with him, depending. It's just I really don't – I told him straight up I don't want to go to the quarter or anything like that because that's just terrible. Yeah. You know, but maybe find a bar to just friggin' throw back drinks in. I don't know. I um, w- I went to, to uh, last year what was the equivalent of... It's the Asbury Park equivalent to Port-A-Call. Okay. Little burger joint, hole in the wall, always crowded, but there's only a dozen seats in the place. Um, and I went probably around... 4 o'clock. It was still light out. I walked down. It's only two blocks from my house. Uh, had a burger. Had a bunch of drinks. Watched uh, maybe there's a football game on. And that was it. By 8.30, 9 o'clock, I was home. Yeah. And um, this year, I'm wishing I had that option. Yeah, I mean, you're out like, in the sticks right now, right? There's nothing. There's nothing. And, and my parents have a party. Growing up, um, New Year's, my parents, uh, I don't know, probably that elaborate Christmas uh, 
the Christmas extravaganza they, they put on every year was even more tiresome when we were kids. So by the time New Year's rolled around, they were exhausted. And I always remember my parents would just get new, um, Chinese food on New Year's, watch yeah. the ball drop, and, and, and fall asleep on the couch. But uh, probably over the last maybe I don't know, 15 years, maybe even longer than that at this point, they have a bunch of friends come over. Like a handful, same like half dozen, ten or so friends, a bunch of different couples. And, you know, they they everybody brings a little food. There's some booze. Uh, at midnight, they do um, some shots. And uh, then they call it a night. And so I was invited to that. But um, I respectfully declined. Wait, where is this at? at it's in my parents' house. <laughs> Wait, it's in the house? You say... You could I'm be here. upstairs while this is going on? C- correct. <laughs> you said, no, thank you. I will not attend. <laughs> I will not attend. <laughs> All right. I thought you said it was in your parents' house, but I was very confused when you said you declined the invitation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I declined. Now, when I would come home from Curacao, um, I would make an appearance. Because when I came home from Curacao, that's when I officially... Um, I, I had officially... Um, denounced the New Year's Eve holiday. I would stay up in uh, in the upstairs. I would watch Law and Order marathons, <laughs> and I would pop downstairs um, maybe to grab a sandwich from the party. But it was cool because I was just home visiting. Yeah, you know, and also you're always vacation. like an honored guest when you're home visiting. Exactly. That was the good thing. Like when I lived in Boston, and even like when I was in college, you know, being so far away. You know, whenever you come home, you're greeted like a conquering hero. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This has has a much, you know, different... So people defer to you. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Nobody's deferring to me now. They're, they're, they're empathizing with me or sympathizing for me. Yeah. So um, I've, I've opted out. And um, now comes the challenge of finding something to do instead yeah yeah so um probably gonna tell everybody that i'm going out to dinner and then not (laughs) and then not i'll probably go watch a movie by myself and then maybe um i've been working out i've been running i'm getting ready uh getting back in the swing um so i might go for a uh, midnight run okay there's a there's a big run in New York City um, through Central Park every year. It's the New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Eve run, New York City New Year's Eve run, and it to, it's um, like there's bands and stuff, and they do a champagne toast. But I've I've always wanted to go, but I never really looked into it. I did some research, and not only is it a four mile run, and I'm not I've never been up for a four mile run. I'm certainly not ready for it now in you know after only four or five weeks of of getting back into training um it costs fifty bucks wait you gotta pay fifty bucks to go run to go on the run <laughs> <laughs> now you get entry you get whatever the commemorative t shirt you get uh yeah. champagne toast you get entrance into the party where there's going to be bands and stuff like that. But, you know, essentially, it's to participate in the run, you got to pay 50 bucks. Damn. 
So I've opted out of that, and I think I'm going to have my own midnight run. Yeah. Um, but that's still a lot of hours to kill. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I hear I figure you. people are going to be, they're going to start showing up here at 8 o'clock. They'll be here till 2. Yeah. You know? I got to wait them out. Yep. No, I feel for you, man. Well, what I do have going for me is they're they're a little older now. You know, they're in their mid to late 60s. So you're thinking so they might mellow maybe they out? Cut. Yeah, maybe they mellow out. Maybe they get out, you know, maybe 1230. All right. But then again, you know, there's always the one couple that, you know, never gets out anymore. And they're here till 2 a.m. Yep. Herb and Nancy, you know. Herb and Nancy. to go crazy. <laughs> Every year, Herb every says to year. Nancy, Nancy says to Herb, it happens every year. Yeah, I mean, it's like Dan, it's like Dan Creedon and his fam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I'm not, I'm not wanting for invitations. Like, my sister invited me down to D.C. Um, she's going out to dinner with a bunch of people, and then they're going to, you know, have cocktails or whatever. But again, it's like, you know, I got... I, I, one, I don't want to drive all the way down to D.C. to hang out with a bunch of people I really don't know. And two, like, the Bell's Palsy still is, you know, in, in reasonable of effect. Make you yeah. self-conscious. <laughs> totally. And I'm still dribbling food and drink out of the side of my mouth on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going, to the, um, they're going to the Winter Classic the next day. Oh, uh, yeah, the hockey game. The hockey game. So, like... Then I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. And plus, I'm kind of over being hungover on New Year's. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, Saturday night, I was out to... I probably got home around 3 in the morning. I probably only drank like 8 beers or something. And I was miserable. Yeah. You know? It's freaking old age, dude. Yeah, it really is. And the recovery time is just, just non-existent. Although Christmas, I, I had a bunch of cocktails and woke up... Um, without uh, too much ill effect but i also was conscious of the fact i didn't want to wake up feeling like shit the next day yeah yeah so like i I put the drink down after a while where you know a couple years ago maybe i go to make myself that next cocktail yeah you know because i'm gonna be up i'm gonna go watch a movie why not make another one when i go sit down that was the one i skipped and that led to a glass of water. And that led to, all right, it was two or three hours since my last drink. You know what I mean? So I felt a little better. And then I was able to get up and have a good, uh, you know, productive day. My sister and, and her husband and I went into Asbury, uh, played some pinball, had some lunch, got, uh, you know, got a few drinks at lunch, and, you know, had a really productive, fun day. So, like, that's, to me, that's where... That's where your bread's buttered, you know, being able to go out and kind of have like, you know, that little extra octane daytime. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, that's a lot more fun to me than staying up till three or four and, you know, being hung over the next day. Yep. What was the the event you were just out and about? What's that? Oh, well, okay. So, Saturday... Uh, a friend of a friend, they were having this holiday party. These girls I know, you know? Yeah. And we're supposed to start seven, which I think is way too early. 
You know, and I was kind of leery. I'd gone there anyway. I didn't want to get there too soon because it's kind of like, you know, rich, kind of rich people, not really my circle. <laughs> All right. You know, super upper crust type of people. Got it. You know, whatever. Uh, so it's finally like around 945 and I'm driving to the party and I'm ready to park like a block away. And this is uptown new orleans and one of the wealthiest parts of the area you know and as i go to park i hit a storm drain oh you know at first this happened to me probably like five or six years ago when this happened to me before it sucks but i i saw it i was like the weather was all nasty and foggy and shit you know and I pulled up. Originally, I planned, I was like, I'm going to drive this party and probably just leave my car there and get the next day anyway. It doesn't fucking matter, you know? Right. But uh, I was like, oh, no, maybe I didn't do anything to it because I pulled up really slow on it, you know? And I get out of the car and I hear, shh. I was like, oh. a sprinkler or something. I look and it's my fucking tire, you know? And I'm, I'm a block away from this party. I said, fuck this. I'm not going to this party. I get in my car. I'm like, let me see if I can get to a gas station. As I turn down the street, you know, I pull up and I turn the corner and I'm on this real, you know, the, the, yeah, it's a real fancy street. I'm like, fuck it. I can't get anywhere. You know, um, I better just park the car here and try to change the tire right here. I was like, this is as good a place as any. Cause it's friggin', you know, rich area, you know, there's, I don't have to worry about people fucking with me in this area, you know? Right, right. And, uh, cause it's still New Orleans, you know? So, of course, like they have, I'm out there and I'm not exactly the king of like changing tires. You know, I've done it before on this car where I've had to jack it up. And, um, but, but I wasn't sure what to do. So, first I start jacking it up and I'm like, here, crunch. I'm like, fuck, I don't think I have that jack in the right spot, you know? <laughs> and I look and I'm like I pull up like a YouTube video I was like oh yeah forgot about that there's like a little notch in the frame under there that it has yes. to go into you know so I was jacking up like the fiberglass <laughs> yeah. I was like no that's not good and then uh, finally I get it off and you know I'm sitting there outside this house and the house, it, all the houses on the street where I, uh, where I, where I am it, you know, or multi-million dollar homes, friggin' old money, <laughs> New Orleans people, you know? Right. Like your people in the society pages type of assholes. Okay. You know? <laughs> and they, so there's loads of private patrols around there. You know, they, you know, people pay so much money per month per house to, to provide provi- private patrol, you know? Right. And, uh... I'm like, I wonder if these people say anything to me that I'm outside their house changing a tire. No one ever comes out and says anything to me. And, I, you know, finally I'm at the point where I'm, I got the car jacked up and I'm trying to get the lug nuts off, you know. And, and a security guard, you know, comes up. He pulls up. He's like, hey, man, you need any help? And I'm like, no, nah, I got it. And he comes and tells me what I was doing wrong, how I should have been loosening the lug nuts when the car was still on the ground. You know, I'm like, oh, well, uh, and he, I was like, no, nah, I don't, have, I don't need help. I got it at this point. He's like, all right, all right. And he drives off and finally I get the tire changed and I put the donut on 
And of course, the donut doesn't have much air in it, you know. Meanwhile, like earlier in the day, Pete had texted me like, hey, man, I just landed in town. Let's hang out tonight. So he'd been texting me like, hey, man, you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, I got to go to this party. But then like he texted me later on. I'm like, I was like, dude, I just blew out a tire. So I get in the car because I'm looking for my air gauge and I see a text. So I'm texting back to him. So I'm getting the air gauge out. And another private security guy comes up, this doofy kind of cop wannabe type of dude. First guy that came up was kind of cool, you know? More laid back dude, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy comes up, he's like, you got car problems or something? You know, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, yeah, just had to change my tire. I got to check the air pressure on the donut, you know? (laughs) And he's like, oh, well, you better get that, you know, you you better get that done and get moving. And he comes up to me. You know, and he's standing behind me. I'm like, yeah, there's no... And you can see it's basically flat. He's like, well, you know, you get that shell station down there. You know, so I, I went down there. But well, These are still these are still public streets, right? Yeah, they're public streets, but, you know, people pay for extra security, you know, to supplement the police, you know? Right, 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 right. But push comes to shove, you could, you could park your car on this street. Oh, you this guy can't do anything street. about it. But what I'm thinking is, you know, these fucking assholes, they won't come outside and say, hey, man, are you all right? They'll call the fucking security. And well, oh. there's a guy in the street out there. I don't know. He's been out there for a long time. Like as if this is some elaborate ruse. Right. You're playing the long con. Yes. Playing a long con with the tiger. <laughs> where I'm going through this whole fucking process where I'm fucking up, jacking up my car. <laughs> You know, and the, the, it had rained all day, and I'm sitting on my ass in the wet cement, you know, trying to, on the sidewalk to jack up the car. You know, I'm trying not to get dirty because I'm like in this, you know, it's like, I don't know, I'm out there like in a J. Crew shirt and jeans, you know, like. Right. You were going to a holiday party. Yes. Like I'm the friggin', uh, I'm the friggin', uh, you know, profile of the guy that's going to come and friggin' rip off these people, you know? Right, right. That killed me. Because when the se- first guy showed up, he was just being nice. Second guy showed up, it was like, all right, it's time for you to move, you know? <laughs> Haven't you fucking changed your tire already? You know? Like, <laughs> uh, so then I said, screw it. I went and put air in the tire. Got as much air as I could get. Couldn't get as much as I want because fucking, I don't know, whatever. There's a problem with the friggin' the valve and stuff and whatever. But, um, and then I said, screw it, I'll just go to a holiday party. And, uh, you know, Pete's texting me. He's like, well, what should I do? I was like, well, I, I have to stop at the party. And I go in there and I walk in there. My hands are completely filthy. <laughs> you know, Even though it's foggy and wet, you're probably sweaty. What's that? You're probably sweaty. I was gross. I was gross. I walked in there. I was like, oh, hey. I was like, just blew up my tire. I've been changing my tire for the past hour. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm all nasty and dirty. And my, I'm sweating my ass off. I went and scrubbed my hands. It's all these kind of fancy, you know, friggin' upwardly mobile, hoity-toity people in there. Are these law school uh, friends? Well, I mean, uh, the friend who, 
the friend who I'm friends with these people through are is a friend from law school, but these people aren't law school. Okay. Like, okay. Party, you know? Right. Um, I mean, no, they're nice people. It's just not my natural circle of friends. It's not your crowd, is it? Yeah, yeah I get it. You know? Totally. Uh, so, uh, so I see my friend Sarah there, and I go, and we're BSing for a while because I hadn't seen her for a while. It's like the girl that owns the house is one of her friends from high school who she's really good friends with still, you know? But she's definitely a rich girl. There's no way around it. She's a nice person, but it's, you know, they're wealthy, wealthy old money people, you know? She has a lot of money, by definition. Yep. She's a rich girl. Yep. Uh, she's a rich girl. So... Uh, <laughs> Pete's like, well, what should I do? And I was like, I said, screw it. I was like, I told him to come to that, come to that address, and we go from somewhere from there. Because he wanted to get out of the quarter anyway. He's been yeah. in New Orleans so many times, he's realized the quarter sucks. Right, right. You know, because the uh, quarter really sucks right now. Like, I mean, this time of year. During the holidays. Yeah, and then it friggin' 80,000 Ohio State and Alabama people. Did. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know how horrible that is? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, on top of all the holiday people and all the other typical shit that goes on, you know? Right. Uh, so, he came down there, and I went and greeted him at the door, and he's like, he's like, geez, uh, you're really stepping it up. Uh, what kind of crowd are you hanging out with? I'm like, because, <laughs> you know, you can tell it's like, really nice house you know <laughs> like this ain't my crowd dude right <laughs> you know so we hung out there and then you know eventually we were like you know sort of last few people there i was already one of the last people there when i got to the party because by the time now, did any it was like cool. did anybody know uh, who he was no no i mean maybe if i would talk to some more guys but you know he wasn't running around like hey guys this is pete thamel SI? <laughs> You're familiar with Kentucky hoops? That friends hate this guy. Yeah. Are you family in Kentucky? You'll get a lot of shit. Are you familiar with almost any college sporting program? Their fans hate this guy. But Kentucky basketball fans really hate him. Yeah. You Google that. There's so much shit about. I forget the shirt he was telling me that they, uh, a photo of like some. Old lady Kentucky fan with a shirt uh, denigrating denigrating him because <laughs> they really have a problem with Pete Thamel. I guess because he's he said shit, you know, inflammatory shit about or what they view as inflammatory shit about right. John Parry and stuff in the past. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we left there and. We went to, you know, we hit up one bar, and then we uh, walked down the street. We hit the Circle K to get a couple of roadie beers and eventually made ourselves to another bar. And it's, you know, it's almost 3 o'clock at this point. He's like, man, I really hit the wall. So we each went our way. We wait, and we got a couple of cabs. He went his way. I went my way. And the worst was waking up the next day. And I'm like, fuck, finally around like, you know, right before noon, like 11 something, I pulled myself out of bed, turned on the friggin' pointless Saints game, pointless because it meant nothing except right. for position. And then uh, got in a shower and I, 
And I was going to go take like the streetcar or whatever to get down there to get my car because I knew I needed to go get the car, bring it to the tire shop. That was the last thing I wanted to be doing. Oh, yeah. Morning. So I called my other friend, this girl, Tony, who was at the party later, too. She's a law school friend. And I was like, can you give me a ride? And she came and picked me up, gave me a ride. So that was a lifesaver. But it was like, uh, then I had, had, to, had to go put more air in the tire at the gas station and then drive to the friggin' tire joint. And it was just miserable because I was, you know, I, was, I shouldn't have been hungover, but I was, ba- you know, I didn't get a really good sleep, you know. Yeah. I'm sitting there waiting for that to get done, you know, and. And then it also cost me another 120 fucking bucks, you know, for the tire. Ah, uh, it's the worst. Uh, I was like, fuck. You know, so that really sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't an ugly sweater Christmas party, because then that would have just been insult to injury. Yeah. You know what? I've never really participated in one of those. And no, I, me either. I think this might have even been, like, ugly sweater optional. But I will never participate in an ugly sweater Christmas party. Right. You know, if I haven't participated in one yet, I'm definitely not because those things have legitimately jumped the shark years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now they've got NFL licensed ugly sweater apparel. Yeah, I get those Groupon notices or whatever trying to sell me the Saints ugly sweater. <laughs> Yeah, once it's hit Groupon, it's uh, it's officially passe. Yeah, 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 yep. Uh, so what else you got, man? I'll start licensing it. It's passe. Right. <laughs> I will tell you this. This is just a little, one more other thing. One of the gifts I got because I got adult gifts this year, especially being a homeowner. Yeah, of course. I, one of the gifts I got was a food processor because I needed one. Yeah, good gift. You know, it's got, I opened the package, and it's got food processor, and it has it in French and Spanish. You know what French for food processor is? Food processor. No, even better. Robot culinaire. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, food processor in France is a culinary robot? That's awesome. (laughs) I'm gonna write. I'm writing down robot culinaire right now because that also might be the title of this episode. For the record, C U L I N A I R E. I believe it's spelled. Perfect. <laughs> robot Perfect. culinaire. Um, what did I get? What would be my uh, my uh, my best Christmas gift? Oh. Um, I got a bunch of Syracuse apparel this year because... You should have been posting to the Syracuse Gifts Twitter feed that was going on all day. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I mean, I know I know Troy Noons was doing the retweets of it, and I think even SU was doing the retweets of that. I got myself a um, knit cap. I didn't get myself. I had I had asked my secret Santa or... or, or or my gift-giving uh, contingent, um, if they needed an idea what I would like is a Syracuse hat and a Syracuse scarf. Because right. um, a couple weeks ago, my b- brother texted me, and he's like, hey, do you have a Syracuse hat? And I was like, no. And a few minutes later, he's like, you have a Syracuse scarf? I was like, no. He's like, you have a Syracuse tie? And I was like, no, but 
this is going to be a good Christmas. <laughs> but uh, I said, why do you need all this? He's like, well, it's it's uh, college day at my school, and I don't have any college apparel. I thought you, of anybody, would have a bunch of Syracuse stuff. And I realized how little Syracuse stuff I had besides my sweatshirt and and uh, real men wear orange t-shirt. So I, um, I got a Syracuse uh, knit cap, uh, blue knit cap, with just nice. with a little little S on the front. But it's silly because it's stitched. It's like it's stitched, so it's like a two piece hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a front and a back. It's a knit cap, though. It's a yeah. It's a knit cap. Okay. So it do, it looks like the Pope's crown. Okay. If yeah, you're yeah. wearing it. So I've taken to turning it sideways and pulling it down. So if I were to let it sit up, it would look like a shark fin. But because that's the more natural shape of my head, it fits like a like a fitted beanie cap. But the S is over my ear now. (laughs) Nice. Um, And then I have a uh, a cool orange and blue striped Syracuse scarf. Okay, you didn't get the tie. Uh, I didn't get the tie. No. no you know what? The they had on on the bookstore page. They sell these ties. You know, uh, Syracuse ties. You know, by Vineyard Vines. You know, the yes. company. Yes. And they do have a couple of cool ones. You know, like there's a basketball one and stuff. But I saw a picture. Apparently, they used to sell one of Vineyard Vine ones, all with autos, but. Apparently, I wasn't looking at the bookstore website five years ago, whenever the hell it was that they were selling that thing, because they don't sell it anymore, and you can't friggin' find it. I even sent an email to Vineyard Vines a couple of years ago looking for it, and they're like, no, we don't make that one anymore. You know, you'd have to look on, maybe try eBay or something, and occasionally I go looking, but I've never found it. So, I'll keep my eyes open on Etsy just in case. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I came across it is because I uh, accidentally came across a Pinterest page with all this Syracuse stuff on it, even though I don't follow Pinterest, which is why I accidentally came across it. (laughs) Well, that that begs the question because the other day I went out. Does it beg the question or does it raise the question? No, in this instance, it begs the question. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no it begs the question no it doesn't (laughs) trust me it does not beg the question (laughs) are you spending too much time on pinterest (laughs) (laughs) that raises the question (laughs) it definitely does not beg the question (laughs) sorry that's one of my pet peeves Begging the question is like saying Cocoa Puffs are the best because I like them. You know? (laughs) (laughs) It's a flawed philosophical argument. (laughs) But everybody thinks it means raises the question. And I guess since that's what people think it means now, I guess that's that's what what it means. means. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I'll go along (laughs) with that shit and allow society to... Change the meaning of that phrase. I love that you that you have. A, I love that you have pet peeves, 
And B, I love that is one of your pet peeves. <laughs> it really is, because I hate every time I hear it. Because I used to think that, and uh, you know, the day I learned, you know, you shouldn't say that. I was like, I make a point to say, well, it raises the question, you know? Because right, it does right. sound like it means that, you know? Right. Right. You know? Irregard- irregardless. Yes, irregardless. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah, you know, sometimes we'll be talking, like at work, and, you know, Jacob will say, regardless, and, I, and I'll say, you remember that Alec Baldwin on SNL skit, like when Sandler and Farley were on there, that's the French teacher? You know, and he'd be like, uh-uh-uh, in Francais. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and they'd just do some kind of overly friggin' bullshit that really wasn't French. Right. Uh, right, right, right. Always, if you say regardless, i say, uh-uh-uh, in Estupido. <laughs> Irregardless. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I ever heard someone say irregardless. I was probably 13 or 14. And... We, I was with some buddies, and we had gone across the lake, like as part of some group my friend Colin was involved with. I don't know, some club, you know, some pre-Masons starter club or whatever, you know? Right. And we are coming back, and there was this kid, and he was talking, and he said, irregardless. And I was like, the fuck's this guy talking about? That's a double negative, you know? <laughs> that means with regard to. Ear means no you know, without uh-huh. regard. And less means without. I was like, I was like, and I'd never heard it before. And it seems like ever since that day, I hear it all the time. And I'm like, where do people get this bullshit from? It's <laughs> uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Um, I had no idea where we were going or what we were talking about. Another so. one of my pet peeves. Yes. Well, hold on. Let me write these down. Here's one of my big pet peeves. When people say, I could care less. Ah, that's true. That is, it's like, you could care less. Okay. Well, I'll tell you then. Because obviously, <laughs> you have some level of care for it, you know? <laughs> right. You couldn't care less means you really don't give a fuck. Right. Right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not going to go over all my pet peeves right now. <laughs> um, oh, also- I will tell you this one. This is the one that the king of all pet peeves that really pisses me off. Now, how often do you see this, especially now with the prevalence of social media? People that think the word lose is spelt with two O's. Yes. Like as if loose isn't a word that's a common word in the English vocabulary to begin with. Right. You know, I don't, I don't get that. You don't look at that and think something's wrong? Just looking at it, I know it's loose. Yes, but I'm saying, you always see people spelling, you frequently see people spelling the word lose as loose. But what, it would make more sense if there wasn't a word that, a, wor- a common word spelt the same way, which is loose. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, listen, I follow you. You know? And then, I don't know. Do they spell loser with two O's, too? I don't know. Uh, the TV show was called Lost, not Loosed. You know? <laughs> I, that one really confounds me. I don't understand how it's that prevalent in our world, people that spell lose with two O's. All right. 
And that is this week's Malapropism with Maddie. Yes. Brought to you by the letter R. That's what really grinds my gears. <laughs> um, what else you got? I got uh, some bookkeeping issues. Okay. Want to tie up before we get out of 2014. One, um, we appear to be back on track. I've heard from the masses. I've heard from the loyalists. I've heard from the Two Sorry Excuses Army. Um, those folks who are interested... In downloading episodes, those folks who are interested in getting um, their subscription feed updated are doing so. Everybody seems to be caught up. Uh, we've been back on track for about a week or so. I think eight days, maybe. Yeah. Um, and we are seeing download numbers come back. There's been a huge spike in traffic. So I think we've we've gotten everybody where they need to be. So... <laughs> Again, apologies, and thank you for all those who listen, subscribe, more importantly, to those who download. Uh, we appreciate the love uh, and the patience, so we're back on track. Secondly, um, I, am, I just got an email from this year's uh, Polar Bear Plunge Committee. Okay. And last year, the, uh, the TSEC Army was uh, was out in full effect as I was able to raise $1,500 um, for the New Jersey Special Olympics um, through purely through the donations of this um, listening audience. Because, I mean, let's face it, I, I, I've got no social reach. I've got no, um, uh, you know, pull when it comes to uh, a social network outside of, you know, my immediate friends and family. And they certainly can't raise 1500 bucks. So um, a bunch of folks, based on the, the work that we did talking about on the podcast and then some of our Facebook postings, um, came together to raise 1500 bucks for that, which is awesome. Um, I plan on doing it again this year, but I think I'm going to scale back uh, the effort and I'm going to scale back the requests from the uh, from the TSEC Army because um, the official charity of the Two Sorry Excuses, um, I think, uh, is going to be uh, an MS walk that is going to take place in April. Okay. As opposed to the polar bear plunge, uh, I'm still going to do the polar bear plunge. And if 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 you donated in the past and and have an interest, um, so that cause is is near and dear to some folks. Um, I know Scott Pentney and his family are um, big supporters of of the Special Olympics, uh, and they were big contributors of it uh, of our efforts last year to raise some money. Um, so of course it's an awesome cause and, and, and I'm going to do it. And I've actually, um, roped in a few people to do the plunge with me this year. So maybe we will come up with, uh, you know, last year I would do it in a speedo if we ended up raising, uh, over a thousand bucks, I was going to do it. Um, paint it orange. If we raised 1500, we ended up raising like 1490 or something ridiculously close to the goal number. Um, so I'll let everybody know, but I think the big push this year is going to be um, uh, a walk to cure multiple sclerosis. Okay, cool. So um, 
So I think that um, as I get more information about that and 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 why that's become, um, you know, a little near and dear to our heart at uh, Two Sorry Excuses, you I know, think I've uh, donated some money to Guy Vincent for his MS bike ride last Guy, summer. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. A couple summers ago, he did a huge like fifty mile bike ride. So exactly. Um, it's, it's hopefully a cause that most people are familiar with. Um, and we'll get into it a little more, um, as, as time goes on, but, um, just want to let everybody know that, that that's coming down the pike. Um, and now a little personal charity from your old pal Sanders. So when, um, when I was wrapping up in Asbury and one of the reasons I wrapped up in Asbury this past summer, uh, we talked about my move to Bulgaria which ended up falling through. Yep. And okay. what um, part of the exit strategy was um, housing the dogs um, with Ange temporarily. Yeah. And the the dogs go way back from the origin of this podcast. I believe our second podcast talks about my misadventures at the dog park. Yep. I remember that. And um, these dogs have been with me for for years now, and um, you know I don't have kids, and 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 I understand the difference between a four legged friend and an actual uh, living, breathing human child. But to that extent, I, I still like these dogs. You know, they're 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 mine. Yeah, um, dogs so are great, man. I was I was uh, I was torn on having to leave them. Ange took them. It, we were going to have, uh, you know, at least a temporary situation. Uh, the Bulgaria thing ended up falling through. Um, she was holding on to them in her temporary situation. And now she's moving uh, out and she can't take the dogs with her. I have a less than ideal uh, situation to take the dogs here. So I need like a two-month buffer Till I can figure out what I, where I can go and take the dogs with me, and I've been looking for a temporary foster for my dogs. You know who and would love to do something like that? Who's that? Teresa Di Pasquale Grasso. <laughs> <laughs> they would be great with the kids. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm pretty sure I've had this conversation with her because her and her family come to Asbury at least once a summer. Um, <laughs> And we all go to the beach together. And I'm pretty sure she told me she got a house with a pool because that was the um, that was the concession she made to her kids that wanted a dog. So, so they went out and got a pool instead. So no pool, you get a dog. Exactly. All right. Exactly. But uh, that is a great thought. Now that we've put it out there publicly... Um, I will follow up on that. Yeah, now that we've called her out. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, but if there are any members of the Two Sorry Excuses family that are dying to temporarily foster to, uh, I mean, at best, they're medium-sized dogs. <laughs> at best. <laughs> at, at their biggest. After Thanksgiving, with a belly full of turkey and pumpkin pie, they're medium-sized dogs. <laughs> they are, with a matter of full disclosure, they're large dogs. 
Yeah. Large. They're not extra large dogs. They're large dogs. They're Labrador sized dogs. Um, and I've got pet insurance for them. I've got the food you'll need. I've got the, uh, you know, the care taken care of. I literally just need a place to, that they can sleep for, you know, for probably eight to 12 weeks. Um, while I get, uh, my 2015 plan in motion, which we'll cover when we get back, uh, so as not to run on any longer. So if you're out there and you are interested in helping your old pal Sanders fosters two pups for a couple months, um, get in touch, we'll figure something out, um, and, uh, hopefully you can make, uh, make my 2015 yeah, start man. off on the right foot. 2015, it's the year of giving, 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 yep. giving. It's the year of giving, the year of flying cars and hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody talking about that yesterday, and I was like, oh, Liv's got to know. We're coming up on it. What's the date again? October 21st, I believe, is the date itself. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well. All we know is if somehow we end up in some dystopia a year from now. Where Biff Tannen has this big tower. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know what happened. Yeah, we will know that it has all come come to a terrible fruition. <laughs> well, on the uh, on the upside is that we'll have at least uh, at least ten months of uh, of hoverboard excitement. So we got that to look forward to. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. So. Good stuff. Well, then, on that note, man. All right, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And uh, with apologies to Kirk's brother. Uh, We'll see you guys next year. Yeah. See you all next year. Good night, Fredo. 